that question for y'all to kind of lead to the podcast. All right. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Who do you put on there for uh, the hip hop Mount Rushmore of New York? I would say without Jay Z and Nas. Without Cameron. Okay. What about what about like somebody like Big Pun? Yep, I was thinking that too. Uh, let me clarify. So when you ask this question, are you saying it just on skill set? Are you talking about like like one of the people that led the way? We're not. Yeah, we're talking about people who led the way, not like the technical rappers. Oh, okay. So I put Diddy on there also. Okay. Uh, oh, what about LL? What do you yeah. be on the Mount Rushmore though? Yeah. It, how can he not be then? I mean, I know I hear you. I hear you. I'm just I'm asking. That's all. Nah, yeah. yeah. I I could see if it's only four spots, LL deserves a right. Like from a a music artist standpoint. I think Diddy does for sure though. Yeah. Like, but see, to me, it's hard doing that because it's like. Damn, that's hard, bro, because then it, it's it kind of goes back to that conversation we had uh the other day about, about like the different eras of, of music and stuff. But like like cause there's different but, it's different art it's different New York artists that like it's a lot of new like we at the same time you have like the Wu Tang clan. Yeah, but I feel like some people just stand the test of time and he's like, hey, like, this is like one of the, like, Jay-Z will forever be one of the guys in rap. I will never be mad at anyone for having Jay-Z in the top five at for any time period. You know what I mean? Right, right. So there are people like that in New York. It's just hard to sort through them all because it's like who had the most, like, who would be those dudes? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if <clears throat> if I'm talking influence, I may say... 50 Cent, just off the fly, 50 Cent, Diddy, Cameron, or Dipset, either way you want to put it, and out of New York. Um, I don't, I, the fourth one is hard. I, I gotta sit, I gotta think on the fourth one because that's hard, bro. Just, I only have Big Pun and LL on there. You already said Diddy. Other, the only other person I could think of. A tie between the two would be like Big L or KRS One, but mm, I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Or Rakim, because Rakim, I think Rakim is one of the people that helped follow that style for like a uh, person like Nas or whatever. That's like, fair enough. Which 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 ones are yours? Mine. I don't yeah. know. I was thinking about it the other day. It. I don't know, man. Like it's tough because like I was thinking. Let me just take out Jay Z and Nas because like. I feel like those are two easy go-tos, like, as far as, like, New York artists who, you know, had, like, careers, specifically Jay-Z, though, because right. of, like, the career he had outside of rap as well. Right. But, I mean, like, off the top of my head, I probably, I want to put Big Pun in there, Diddy in there. Biggie, Biggie might be in there somewhere, like, but, I mean, like, it's, I think he, I think you have to. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like, I feel like, let Let's take him out of this, because I feel like he's in that same space as like a, as like Jay Z. So why are you putting Big Pun there? I'm curious. Because I feel like he uh, influenced a lot of rappers. Like I think he Big Pun, like as far as being able to rap the way he did, and like also I think what he meant for like the Puerto Rican, you know, community as far as Puerto Rican rap, I think he he meant a lot. I, I think I think like Big Pun, yes. Like if you notice, like with Hispanic rappers, they're they're really uh. They're either big and they're either big and 
New York or they're big in California, right? And you're starting right. to see where they're pretty, they're gaining traction, and uh, like in Texas. Now you've always had right. you all you always had Hispanic rappers in Texas, but like far as like like when you're talking about rap music, nobody really talks about the Texas rappers like that, unless you're you know a Texas fan or you're from the area. But if you're from the East Coast like where we are. You know, we're, we're you mainly talking about New York or California when it comes to Hispanic rappers. But shouts out to all the Spanish Texas rappers. I think Big Pun was like a pioneer for for New York for Hispanic rappers. Because like when I'm thinking of Hispanic rappers, I can't think of anybody before Big Pun. Because after Big Pun, you could start breaking up. Okay, you got Fat Joe's. Then now you could, of course, you know Six Nine, who's there now. Then you got motherfuckers that, that I would bring that, up Fat Joe before Big Pun. Because if, if there's no Fat Joe, you don't get a Big Pun. I thought Big Pun was before Fat Joe. No, Big Pun. Big Pun had our like Cartagena had came out well before Big Pun was ever around, and he signed. He ended up signing Fat so Fat Joe ended up signing uh, Big Pun because Big, we'll Big Pun didn't come out to like the late '90s. While uh, well, his first album didn't come out until like the late '90s, I believe. While Big Pun, well, not Big Pun, but Fat Joe, I think his first album came out in like. I think Cartagena came out well, like ninety three, ninety four. Well, see, but that goes to show. See, you just educated me on something. I thought Big Pun, like he's, he was kind of like the face of Hispanic rap music, man. And I mm. feel like that after Big Pun, now you start. I mean, yeah, Fat, you just said that Fat Joe's been there, but like besides those two, now you start to see more Hispanic rappers, you know, coming out mm. from New York and shit like that, and recognize. But I just think Big Pun was just like there that solidified the whole game like hey spanish people could could rap too you know yeah i can i'll definitely give you that because he pun was definitely one of those artists that had like he he got a lot of respect did you guys ever see that that freestyle he had with it was him most deaf cannabis dmx um and black thought uh it was a freestyle with all of them and big pun Mm. Uh, like it's it's a crazy freestyle because it's like the actually funny enough cannabis was like oh i want to anchor so he ends up being the last one to rap but and that's and it which ends up being the verse that he disses ll cool j with right but prior the verse before his is big puns and it's like you heard every mc besides pun and cannabis and it was like oh everybody just kept topping topping each other right and i think mike geronimo was in this also and then next thing you know, boom, pun raps kills everybody. Kills everybody with the it, and it was just like a just a freestyle freestyle cipher. So like I can definitely understand that because pun was extremely well respected. Yo, man. not not to switch topics, and I agree with what your you with your point, uh, Spence. Right. But this is something that kind of like we were talking about related to Connor. So, you know, did you know last night that Jamar Cello, when he fought Divriachenko, I, I, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his last name, yeah. you know that their event was uh, sponsored by Conor McGregor's Whiskey. Really? Nah, really? Yes. Yeah, man. Conor's uh, getting that bread. <laughs> when you said, like, oh, he's going broke, I'm like, I don't know about that, man. I just think he's, I think he just wants the easiest fights possible. That's it. Well, yeah, I just want to start the show before we get get into it. Yeah. Cause we didn't I mean, do an official start. 
Yo, what's going on, everybody? You checking in right now. This is the Highly Advised Podcast. It's me, Spence. I'm with me and a couple of my boys. It's episode 28. Fellas, say what's up. Yo, yo, yo. It's your boy, Be Cozy, Too Cozy, a.k.a. the main event, a.k.a. Mr. Ten Bricks a Week. How are you doing, Nigel? How are you doing, Spence? Yeah, what's going on, y'all? This is Nigel. Here to bring y'all another one. Episode 28, I think it is. Yeah, 28, 28. All right. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. How y'all been? Man, I can't call it, man. Same old, same old, same shit as always. Uh, new week, new task, complete defeat. So that's, that's how I'm moving, man. That's how I'm rocking. No reason boozy. I'm doing good, man. And, um, this week was better than last week. Um, I'm ready for next week to start so I can get to the weekend again. Not because I'm living for the weekend, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm starting to get to the phase where I'm like I'm sick of school, so. Yeah. I don't blame you, man. That's that's part of the reason why I don't want to go back to school at all. Like I feel like I just don't need to, and it's like I also just don't want that feeling of I can't wait to be done with this shit. Yeah, I mean, but I'll keep it a buck with you though. Like now that I'm done, you, it, it's a pain, but like as long as you know like what you're going there for, like if you got an objective. You'll get through it. It's just, it is a pain though. I'm not going to hold you. Like it's a pain and it's definitely, you definitely going to be stressed out, tired, not want to be bothered. Thinking like, yo, I got, I only got like an hour of time, a free time. I think I'm going to just take a 20 minute nap, eat something for like 10 minutes and then get dressed to go on to the next destination. Like yeah. life becomes systematic, but you'll be good, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like you, you'd be straight. You'd be straight. It's just, it's a pain, that's, though. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that I'm good, man, because school, man, it's it's uh, it's winning these rounds right now, and, I'll, and I got to cut back and, and win these championship rounds so I could get that goddamn belt. Yeah, man. You got to be the last one at the, end of, at the end of the road with the title, man. That's all that yeah. is, dog. Yes, think sir. about that. Think, it's crazy, though. Like honestly, like when you really think about life to some extent, if you really it really can be personified by boxing. Boxing yeah, yeah. or MMA. It's just like, yo, you just you just got a bad round. You gotta take a round off. Life oh damn, they getting the best of you. Just like um just like your man's last night. I, I I um compare it to music a lot. I'm like, hey, if you can get a few hits in, you might be good, you know what I mean? Especially if you get that knockout hit, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And on top of it, it's crazy, but like Low key, some people are just like one hit wonders. <laughs> like, like if you think about it, like, yeah, like, yeah, you have some people that were like, like the person in high school, and you see where they never like grow out of that, right? That's yeah. like a one hit wonder. Like you was pop, you had you had that one song early on in your career when no one really knew, like when you was like in a smaller market mm-hmm. and it popped, and then after that it just didn't work out. So. Some people say that about Connor. I mean, but I think if you follow the sport closely enough, that you you know it's not true. Like, you know what I mean? Connor just kind of came proving his thing and, like, you know, was around for a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I think what some people probably going to argue with Connor at some at some point is, like, when you look at when – when people go back and look, he did face a good talent, but I think people are going to say he was fed people to, just to get to that spot, get up to that spot, which even if you gave him the easiest road to, to the title – he still has to defend this shit at the end of the day. Well, so, he, he never defended the title. No, nah, he never really defended the title. Um, <laughs> that's, see, that's, that's He's not the a thing. real champion, that's, then. That's the thing that's really crazy about it. So, like, it's it's weird. And, like, 
I, I mean, I think that personally, it looks like they're feeding him the Pacquiao for real, for real, with his yeah. new fight is coming up. Yeah, man, it's it, it's bogus though. It's completely what do bogus you mean? because I think like I say it's bogus because one. I agree that they are more than likely going to give Conor that fight, right? But mm-hmm. it's bogus because you just have like this, you just have this fight with Donald Cerrone in the beginning of the year. Then at some point in the year, because of this COVID thing, there's this whole conversation about you fighting Khabib if Tony goes out and all this extra stuff, right? And then it becomes, oh, you're going to be fighting to try to get the belt soon and everything and i understand covid switched things up but now you go from that to saying oh i'm gonna just go fight pacquiao for all that i'd rather him try to fight someone that to be a number one contender right at this point in, in comparison to go fight pacquiao who pacquiao if pacquiao pieces him up is going to be is going to be a conversation and he's probably going to milk it so he can fight floyd after that because it's like at this point to me connor is like just running for money and to some extent when you think about it he he's one of the people that I could see them arguing about his validity down the line in the history books for someone that's what that, I'm saying. Conor McGregor did come in and he won two belts, regardless of like if you want to say like he was fed people in the beginning or not. He came and proved himself, especially after the first uh Chad Mendes fight. I'll say the Chad Mendes fight before the Jose Auto fight. So it's one of those things where I think he did enough to cement himself. What I will say about like this match with Manny Pacquiao though is that it, it's clearly for money. Like, because if if he wanted to actually take his MMA, MMA career seriously at this point in time, then I think he would just be waiting, either waiting in the wings or be able to fight a contender. He doesn't want to fight unless it's for a belt, and he doesn't want to fight unless it's at essentially at his leisure. He's doing this because it's quick money. Even if he wins, loses, he gets paid. Doesn't matter. And I'm sure he also thinks he's staying active while getting paid the most money. That's all I think it is for Conor McGregor. And I like Conor McGregor. Yeah, it, what he's doing is, um, you know, Doctor Umar Johnson esque, and you know, like he, he's uh, he's scam he's scamming he's scamming fans and and stuff, you know, out of their money. And I yeah. think it's just it's just very, um, I think it's ridiculous, you know, this this Pacquiao fight is something that he doesn't need to do. No, right. And and it's obviously to get like another nine figure payday or at least a high eight figure payday, and I think it's just it's not fair for his fans or the people that support him, you know, in his fighting career, because it's like, look, we want to see you fight Tony Ferguson. We want you, you know, some of us want to see the rematch of Dustin Poirier. Some of us, right. you know, want to see you to fight Habib again to see like, you know, are you worth that or not? So I just feel like that. Him going after Pacquiao is a joke, man. Because I think Pacquiao is going to spank him. You know, he's going to spank gonna him. him. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not going to try to carry him like you know Floyd did. And I like the the fight he had with Floyd. I thought it was very entertaining. But anybody that watches combat sports like you know we do, we understand like yo Floyd could have finished that fight a little earlier than what he did. You know what I mean? So it's just it's it's just it's one of those. Hey, you fooled me once. I don't know if you could fool me twice again. So. But- Here's the here's the thing about the whole fight though, right? It's like even the only way he really loses any serious stock, he has to get knocked out by Manny Pacquiao. Because if he loses, they'll say, Oh, well, he's fighting the boxer. He needs to come over to MMA and really see what it's about. If he wins, it's like, okay, well, Manny Pacquiao is old. Like he should have beat him and he did pretty good against um Floyd Mayweather, so it's not hard to believe. It's like yeah, it's I, I I think if he beats Manny Pacquiao 
he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of praise because even though Manny's older, Manny Manny's still fighting some of like the best top some of the top talent right now and still whooping her ass. So yeah, that's fair enough. He may he may end up if he was to beat him, like if he was to stop him, let's say right, which yeah. I highly doubt. That's not highly happening. Doubt. Right. Highly doubt. If it would have happened, it would be like a one off. Like he's got a better chance of knocking Manny out instead. But if that yeah. happens, they probably have a rematch. Oh well, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, if he beats Manny Pacquiao, because Manny Pacquiao is not under the corrupt Bob Arum anymore. You know, he's with Al <laughs> Heyman, where they seem like they do better box, boxing business over there. If he beats Manny Pacquiao, I like, and I don't think he'll have a chance at hell to do that. But if he beats Manny Pacquiao, they might try to fuel that into the Floyd Mayweather rematch. Like, yeah. I could, I could see it now, and it, and it's just, it's like what. And that's the thing about Connor that pisses a lot of people off. Like they, they like him, they support him, they like his character. But when he does this whole money fight shit that he brought upon the whole UFC, it's it 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 really just it creates a what they call a circus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like just remove the guy from the lightweight rankings. You know, because at this point it's like, you know, is he going to fight at lightweight again? Is he going to go up to welterweight? Because they were talking about him at one point fighting Kamaru Usman for the belt, which. In my way, in my honest opinion, I'm kind of like he doesn't deserve a title shot at welterweight. You know what I right. mean? Beating Donald Cerrone doesn't earn you a title shot at welterweight. Right. He, let alone, I th- still think he needs to fight one person before getting a rematch at the lightweight belt. And I just think that this whole thing is what you guys have been saying. Hey, I'm gonna get myself a big ass payday fighting Manny Pacquiao. I know I'm gonna get spanked. I know I'm gonna get brought to my knees. But I'm gonna walk out, you know, hundred million dollars richer again, you know. Exactly. Like it's a it's a good come up for him, but it's I, I just don't I don't think I don't think people realize that that you 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 take a chance at ruining your career by doing something like this, because just like how we had talked about the whole Tyson thing, and uh and Anthony Joshua fight like if if Tyson was to fight Anthony Joshua. Right, how it's not beneficial for him at the end of the day. It, like how I said, it's a lose-lose situation. And in this situation for Connor, it's a lose-lose situation. If, well, for, in a sense, it's a win. In his case, it's more of a win-lose. But like, if he loses to Pacquiao, it's still a, okay, you're doing this. But it's like you said, for money fights, and we're tired of seeing this. I want to see you actually in the sport that I like you for. But if he was to win, it's like, like Nigel said, even though Pacquiao is winning and beating people, if let's say Pacquiao just doesn't have a good career following that, people would just say, oh, you just caught Pacquiao on his on his downturn. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that argument could be made right now anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think people are going to, people would definitely make that. I mean, to be honest with you, if Connor was to win and he had to fight someone else, I, and it wouldn't, it, that's the thing, it wouldn't be, really as much money in it i think it could generate more money as if he fought one of the like the charlo brothers or some shit like that right but but he would get killed and murdered i'm not gonna lie to you on that he would get killed in that fight well i think that's that's the thing right we like connor is a very he's a very smart person right he he knows that these fucking boxers they're not gonna come fight him at mma right because the the boxers as much as we could criticize them we we got to give them credit like they know damn well like they don't last. They right. won't last very too long in the octagon. But so when Connor's crossing over, 
he's taking on people that, you know, he doesn't have a chance, I guess, but it's still like, okay, he may because he's fighting older, he's fighting old boxers, right? Floyd in his 40s, Pacquiao in his 40s. We won't see Conor fight Canelo. We won't see him fight a Triple G. We won't won't see him fight, like you said, the Charlo brothers. We won't see him fight a Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, you know what I mean? Somebody who will really fuck him up. Exactly. He and so what he's doing is smart. He's fighting the biggest name for the biggest check, even though he'll still lose. But it's more because if he were to fight any of the guys I already mentioned, they'd they'd clean him up first or second mm. round. They'd clean him up because, I, as anybody with common sense in combat sports knows, his boxing doesn't translate to the the elite level of boxing. You Sorry. know, <laughs> and and MMA. You know, he's gonna. He he's the shit in MMA, right? When it comes to his boxing, but when it's just the Queensberry rule set, he is he is limited, and I no, and, right. and a lot of fans see through that shit. It's a joke, and I I just hope that I hope the Pacquiao fight doesn't happen. It's just talk, and I hope right. that he he look. I'd rather see Connor get an immediate title shot at lightweight than him fight fucking Pacquiao. I'd, yeah, I'd rather yeah. see that. Uh-uh. Well, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, elite level fighting, we saw some of that last night when uh, your boy, well, actually, we had two title fights last night. So not just your boy, Lyle, but also Dominic Reyes got his ass whooped. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah, Enjoyed I, that. Yeah, I was happy about that one, man. Blackwood's kind of, he cut all of that out. Yeah. So, like, there's no more, like, because I, I think the thing with Reyes was, Reyes, oh, Reyes, ever since his fight with John Jones, he always felt as though, like, yo, I, I'm i the guy. John's running from me, blah, 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 blah. And then you go and see now, it's like, oh, Blockowitz shut all of that down. That left hand, you're not, well, yeah. you're not that left hand's not going to do much for you. I'm not going to be running into you. Like, I think, and I, we're going to get into the Adesanya fight, but I, I definitely want to say this. Like, I think looking at both of those fights, you can definitely tell, or just looking at this fight with Jan Blockwitz, especially, you could tell, like, oh, at this elite level, you got to be methodical in the way you fight. You can't yeah. just say, let me try to lure someone in or rely on this one punch. Like, you saw what happened to Deontay Wilder when he tried right. to do that in boxing. Yeah. And that's just with your, and that's just with your hands. Yeah. So, like, you're doing this where it's a full-body contact sport. You got to be smarter than that. So... Like what I, was, what I was saying last night when they were actually fighting, like it was weird because you saw him like sometimes he cocked his left hand back in order like to ready to get him with the counter. But when he was ba- backing him up towards the fence, he was kind of more or less moving towards like his right side so his left hand couldn't reach him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that was smart. It, it was smart, but at the same time, you know, when you watch the John Jones fight, John Jones was always walking forward. You know, he was walking mm-hmm. forward towards Dominic. And Dominic does great fighting back. You know, he's a counter striker and all that stuff. So he, I felt like he fought, and I remember saying this a few podcasts ago. I said, because the way he fought John doesn't mean that it's going to work on Jan. Right. Was, mm-hmm. Jan, he didn't, he, yeah, he walked forward. So this way he was in front of him, but he wasn't trying to pressure him. You know what I mean? It was like he was picking his shots and he was like forcing Dominic to fight you know what i mean like he was forcing him to come forward and you know, he kept landing a high body kick you know he was leaving that 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 big ass red mark on the side of his his torso and yeah. it, it was just it, i thought Jan did a, a great job man and i think people were sleeping on him because of the whole reyes and john jones situation shouts out to ariel hawani just kind of 
talking about Dominic Reyes like he was the next champ guaranteed. <laughs> For real. Nah, that shit was irritating, man. It's like, come on, you got to get off his dick a little. Uh, yeah. So, so like with and my best man, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, it's just yeah. with Jan Blackowitz, man. He just, he just, it just goes to show, like, because John Jones is no longer in the division, quote unquote. You know, there is other good fighters and all that, but because John has dominated so fucking long, right. it kind of blinds people that hey, the the division sucks and. Blacko was just chill, like, hey, man, I'm a really good fighter, you know? You know, I hope to see him do well. We'll see how that division goes. Exactly. Yeah. Quick question, though. Like, how how'd y'all feel about Blackwood's calling out John Jones at? Just because we know John has already came. John has gone to the extent of letting go of his belt just so he can move up to the heavyweight division, renegotiate his contract for heavyweight. Now that he's out, it's like, instead of Blackwood's trying to call up somebody else that's moving up the ranks for the next number one contender, Instead of saying, hey, I'm, I'm trying to solidify me defending the belt, how do you feel about him trying to pull someone like John Jones back into the division? In a way, I didn't take it as kind of like a money fight thing. I think he was just like, hey, I, I want to fight the best. And, mm. and he knows John is the best. So I took it as like that. I don't think he's going to get it, though. I think they're going to end up giving him somebody else. But I see the UFC really setting it up where John is going to fight for the heavyweight belt. And John's the next fight. I think it's a mixture of, you know, doing the best and doing what will make the most money. Because at the end of the day, like, if he were to fight John Jones, like, not only would he, you know, be fighting the best, he would be getting paid. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where I think it's just, like, um, mutually beneficial if it, if it happens that way. If not, then I'm sure he would take the number one contender, who should be uh, Thiago Santos or Glover Teixeira. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt, even if he doesn't fight him, because it just shows that he's ready to do so. There's always a conversation to be had, and that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, it's good. I think it's good, at least for, as a fighter, at least to to know, because like they say, anytime you step on the mic, I remember Dana saying that about, um, I think, Kobe Covington, when he, felt, when he first found him. He was like, one thing about it is when you win, when you get on the mic, you should be able to say who you want to fight next. Or, and it was him, or it was uh, Mickey Gold. It was Mickey Gall. I was thinking of Mickey Gall. Oh, okay. Because Mickey, because as soon as Mickey Gall had won, he had called out CM Punk or whatever. But it was just like, but he had did it in front of Dana. And Dana was saying like, you know, when you when you win, when you make a big win, when you have a great performance and you win, you need to make sure you know who to call out next. So I guess I can't be too mad at it. I mean, I think he should. He's calling out the best, so it makes sense. But I think he should just try to solidify like his space in that division because if he if he clears that division out the conversation is going to be he needs to fight john jones even if john is doing good at heavy all right yeah it's gonna get louder let your actions be louder than your words and shit so like that elite level of fighters though like watching that adesanya fight last night it showed like how going into that fight i remember we was talking about how he wasn't sure what, what was going to happen between paul acosta and adesanya because i remember lyle said he's like yo i don't know who could win this yeah. guy can go either way. And yeah. Adesanya had no room for none of that shit, man. Yeah, he made it look like he, it's, it was kind of easy for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Took his ass to school. Yeah. Straight picked him apart from top to bottom. Body shots, leg shots. What was up with this whole thing where he just kept taunting him, though, man? So uh, I think what a lot of people are saying and what kind of what we were getting at last night was, 
his game plan was I'm going to make Izzy so mad that he's going to come in and rush me. And I think I'm just going to knock him out with some shots that I got once he gets in my area. And like I said, like to y'all last night, it's crazy. Like the thing about this fight and the Yoel fight that I don't really understand is I I get that Izzy is a counter striker. Like he's good at counter striking, but he's also the champ. You can't just like say, okay, if I just cruise through this fight, and he looks a little bit worse than me, he's going to win. Or I'm going to win. Like, no, you have to go and beat the champion definitively and exactly. make sure you put a mark on the match. Exactly. Exactly. Well, totally agree. I think with the taunting thing, I was watching a little bit of Chael Sonnen's post-fight, like his his thoughts and discussions, and he, was, he believed that the game plan for Costa was the first, like, two to three rounds, he was going to, like, not do much, so this was in the fourth and fifth round he can explode. But at the same time, Chael is like, you know, that was kind of like a silly game plan. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you're now giving rounds and points away to Adesanya. And let's say you, you let him get in a groove so well that by the time you're in the fourth or fifth round trying to blow your load to knock him out or whatever, it, it might be way too late, you know? Yeah. It's like, it was, it's, to me, I, when I was watching it last night, I was like, why is he taunting? And he's not throwing anything. Like, it's ridiculous. You see him taunting, and it's like, because that, it's crazy because that fight ended in the second round. Yeah. And, but it seemed like the the beating for the first two rounds just seemed like it was like a four, a three or four round fight damn near. Yeah. And it's like, at what point do you just say, you have to jump ship and say, yo, listen, I'm getting, I'm taking too much damage. Like, his legs started turning red from all the leg kicks. Yeah. Like, at what point do you just say, like, yo, I got to jump ship? I got to jump shit and I just got to start fighting back. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think by that time it might've been too late. It, I, clearly, clearly. Cause like it, clearly by then, like you could see where his late, he couldn't even put as much pressure as he went on his lead leg at some point. So. Yeah, man. Adesanya, he, he broke him down. And as you see, Casa started, you know, as soon as he started throwing more punches, Adesanya was able to counter him and then yeah. end up hitting with the left hook and then, dropped him made him kiss the mat facts what do you think like with a victory like this right from adesanya and knowing like the pressure that came walking into this fight what like what do you think is the best move for adesanya moving forward uh, i he was saying like he's not he's not now that john jones has moved up he's not turning down like a chance to fight at light heavyweight 205 or whatever but he wants to do what Anderson Silva did, which is defend his belt in middleweight and really solidify himself as like one of the champs, one of the mm-hmm. champs, one of the greatest, you know, fighters, you know, are, and, you know, try to have the same ex- legacy that Anderson Silva had. And I can respect that as a fighter, man, because like this whole money fight champ champ era shit has really like fucked the game up. Right. Because nice. like you will have people like, you know, for example, Henry Cejudo, and I think Henry Cejudo is a great fighter, but he'll he'll win one fight, and he's ready to jump up and fight the champion above him. Yeah. And then he was even talking about fighting Alexander Volkanovsky, and I'm yeah, like, yo, yeah. like, what was it for the four C or three C yeah. or something? Yeah, like yeah, four C. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy like, to me. It's, just, it's so annoying. It's like at some point, I, I and I'm sorry to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off too good. much, but nah, it's just at some point, it's like I get it, like. There is some there. Well, you, just because you see it work for Connor doesn't necessarily mean like 
though it could work for you, it's not going to work to the same degree. Like someone like Henry Cejudo, it's not like he was like, he wasn't bringing people and he wasn't filling up seats prior to trying, prior to even, prior to him even beating DJ. Well, so, so like it, he had lost the first time and even the second time when he won, it wasn't like he was filling, it wasn't like he was filling up arenas. He realized, yo, like fight, fighters like him and other, there's other fighters that look the same way. Yo, I'm gonna just call out somebody else. I'll move up. It'd be something interesting to see. So, but it's, it's stupid as, at the same time. I'm glad you do have someone like Adesanya coming back to bring it, restoring the feeling pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, what I've noticed is, is that I think the the most high period of time where everybody was begging for the money shot was right around the Michael Bisping GSP time. What, Cody Garbrand, he was like trying to fight uh, maybe like, I think a weight class above him and fight like the 45 champ at that point in yeah. time. I think it was yeah. Max Holloway. Max Holloway, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, nobody even cares to see that shit. Like, you know what I mean? He had, then he just got knocked out by TJ in the next fight after he said that. Yeah. See, but that's where I think it goes back to when we were talking about Connor earlier. Like, Connor is to blame for all of that, man. <laughs> he is. Like, he, 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 he is. He, I agree yes. with you, man. Because, yeah. like, after he knocked out Jose Aldo, you know, there was talks of, like, okay, um, Frank Edgar's next or Jose Aldo rematch might happen. He goes up and he's he's booked for a fight for against Rafael Dos Anjos when he was the champion. So right. it it I agree with you, man. Carter is to blame for the champ champ buddy era shit. Yeah. Yeah. Without like, a doubt. Yeah, it definitely is. Like it it's crazy how someone can like have that type of influence and like ruin it for people. But at least with someone like Adesanya, at least we're seeing someone that's trying to restore that feeling. Like I think like I was saying to you guys last night, I think a fighter like him Definitely where he's like sitting down saying, yo, I want to stay. I want to just clear out my division. Boom. Like, I, I think he may end up being one of those people that's a face for like what's like what's going on. Not, more of a face to bring in that new crowd, a bigger crowd. Because I'm not sure if y'all saw, but he had, he actually was um one of the people like out there marching at some point doing like the, the I think, I'm not sure if it was for Breonna Taylor or Black Lives Matter. So I think someone like him, just in terms of like that demo, that young demographic of like of like people like people that are more from his culture that are that are probably gonna be more in geared with them. So I'm interested to see what happens with him though. I could see some late teens, early twenties really gravitating towards Israel Adesanya as like a person or like a figure instead of like just to being a fighter. You know what I mean? And and I I think it would be kind of cool though, because like he he hits a lot of the points for that generation, you know what I mean? Exactly. Imagine like because I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with the news that came out. Uh, I think it was Thursday with the verdict with Breonna Taylor. But, like, I think even someone like him, I think he would be able to make make volumes by being able to be someone that, after winning, and saying, yo, I, stand, I need to be here for the people as well, being a social person as well. So, yeah, I, I wish he would have said something last night with all the news that we got, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. not definitely not on him, but, you know, there's been a lot of chatter going on about, like, you know, this... Uh, actual charge they brought against one of the officers one out of the three or four if i'm not mistaken what, what, what was it called like wanton wanton yeah, endangerment endangerment yeah I've aka never heard shooting a wall huh so because that because the apartment <laughs> because the apartment next to them have like a wife a you know a kid and a father they said hey like you got in trouble for putting their lives in danger yeah, it's uh, yeah. So he got indicted, you know, charged for 
for some other shit that wasn't even the focal point of yeah. the of other the than the killing that happened in the actual apartment <laughs> they were in. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Completely unfortunate because we spoke about this recently, where the the city that city the city I came to her family to Brianna Taylor's family and settled with like twelve million dollars. Yeah. And they said they were selling for twelve. They were willing to settle for twelve million dollars, and but the family also asked for like changes within the system of that city. So you go see because to me, I like I said before, anytime, anytime I'm willing to pay you without having to apologize, that's me. There's some admission of guilt, right? Someone can have the perspective of you're essentially saying you 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 did this without saying I'm sorry. To have something like that, to be able to get to receive the money and pretty much acknowledges like something went, went wrong and yeah. someone is wrong for it. But to have this be the result for like the people that were involved in this whole situation, because they're still charging her boyfriend. Like he was like, a, they're charging her, her boyfriend like this had not like it, this was just a regular crime. They're doing her really dirty. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, somebody actually died and it's like you at the at the least at the least you can say like manslaughter, you know what I mean? Something, you know what I mean? Because it's like, there's so much like little falsities with their uh, investigation into her situation that like, it just surprises me that there hasn't been like a serious investigation into this. And the thing about it that sucks about it, right? You have Daniel Cameron, right? The, the fucking, um, the attorney. It, the no he's not turn what is he no he's the da right yeah yeah so so. i look at it and i'm like look this is this shit is crazy man because like i seen the argument oh well the boyfriend was shooting at the police officers or whatever like that i'm like okay it doesn't change the fact that because of the boyfriend's actions she still got killed you know so like what about her justice you know what i mean it wasn't like it was like a planned shootout and she, you know, like a premeditated thing. Right. She was at her home and unfortunately she got killed. And why can't she receive some type of justice from right. it? She didn't pick up the gun and start firing back. You know what I mean? Like it, that, and maybe somebody can educate me better on, on that whole thing. But just looking at it from like a human perspective, I'm like, just for breeding everything about the whole situation. And it's just like, it makes no sense why she is it, why none of the cops are getting in trouble for that. Yeah. So I, I know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, because of like the games in the NBA and when this whole thing happened, it was like the same night as a game night. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're familiar that Charles Barkley had made, he shared his opinions on the whole thing. And, pretty much doesn't feel as though anything's wrong with the judgment, right? And Shaquille O'Neal as well lended his opinion to her, right? And Shaq, with Shaq being a police officer, his opinion was, and I just want to know how you feel about this, from his perspective as a police, an active police officer is, he's like, you know, we don't go in there with the, we're not going in there with the mentality of shooting to kill or having to kill someone. He's like, but he's like, I think more than like, from what it sounds like is they came in and he's saying, well, if the cops feel as though he's shooting at them, they're going to shoot back. Right. So like it, it's felt as though I, I, I meet and I'm not going to hold you. Social media was killing Shaq, killed Shaq. And I don't like using the term to kill, but like 
they was dragging Shaq through the mud, him and Charles Barkley for that statement. Like, how do you feel just hearing hearing his perspective, just at least being a copy? I'm, it's a touchy subject, so I understand. But like him being a cop and having that perspective, how do you feel just hearing that perspective of it? Here's here's my thing about it, right? My bad, wow. No, but no, you're good. Here's my thing about it. Like, if they did the investigation right from the sounds of it, because it sounds like they shouldn't have been there anyway, then they wouldn't have had to worry about, you know, having that feeling, like if they were in the right spot. They were in the wrong place in the first place, so they messed up immediately. Like, leaving to go to this place, they messed up. So it's like, hey, like, one, you're not supposed to be here. Two, like, if you burst in, if if I go and knock on somebody's door or try to get into somebody's car that isn't mine, they might think I'm trying to steal from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's things like that happen, but it's like, if you're not supposed to be there, then yeah, like somebody might take like some form of like try retaliation, try to defend themselves because he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and they're in a, I, they're in a plain clothes investigation, right? Yeah, I, I think so. So just just think about the way that looks at somebody who's not expecting that in any type of way whatsoever. It's gonna yeah, look crazy. Like, yeah, like you seeing someone come through, and even even if it's not, but like if I'm just chilling at my house and let's say I'm just sleeping, and someone just kicks in the door. And I don't know who it is. It's it's just one of it's one of, it's a very unfortunate situation where like it's just so much that can happen that make to prevent something like this this situation from happening. Long story short, like the end result should have not been the end result at the end of the day. And I think many people share that same sentiment. I think it's just it, it's just like it's if things were handled more properly, I agree it would be easier. And I think if Things were handled more properly, and then if if they if they actually if there was a if if new laws were set in place to make sure something like this is prevented, I think it's easily feasible. It's just if are they going to do it? That's the question I think. And even in the process of doing it, because I know after after this was the judgment, I heard that the courthouse got burned out out there. Like they they like they, they really flipped out. Which I I mean I can understand like. I'm not saying if it's right or wrong, but I understand like, yo, how, do, how does anybody feel safe in their community knowing like, hey, they messed up. We, we messed up, but we're going to pretty much give them, we're going to pretty much give them a slap on the wrist where it's like one, because the wanton endangerment carries a, I think it carries a charge of up to a minimum of one year, but a maximum of five years. The number that they'll get paid, the number that they'll be getting in terms of time is so insignificant in comparison to, to the action. So we have people rioting and stuff like that. It's like you, it's just, it's so much change that's going to come from it. And it's just, I think this may be something similar to what we've seen in, in history before. In so many words, man. It's really unfortunate, though. Outside of just this Breonna Taylor thing, because that happened Thursday, right? Right. So I don't know if y'all were familiar, but um, we all been covering this Meg Thee Stallion story for a minute. Oh, boy. So Yeah, so like, that you, scene. you say we're not familiar. We know we know what happened. I, I mean, I'm just I'm setting the mood. I'm setting, I'm, I'm, I'm setting the mood. I, I gotta get we, the people. I nah, gotta get we, the people. I we gotta been, draw the people in. Nah, man, we've been waiting to talk about this. I'm ready. I'm ready to I, go. You I, already I, know. I know. Well, I know. You gotta have patience, young grasshopper. Have nah, patience. I'm ready. 
I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like you guys are definitely gonna lead the charge on this Tory Lane situation, because I didn't listen to the album. I've, I've I can only go off what I've seen off of social media of what people were saying about stuff, and, right. and and whatever lyrics I was posted about it. So I can't give any like real criticism of the music, but right. what I what I will say, and I want to say my piece first because I'm pretty sure you guys could deep dive into it. It's just that. Uh, this this is kind of like dividing the people, right? Because you got some people there are like, oh, well, you know, there's two sides to every story. You know, Tori's telling the truth. And, you know, Megan was trying to smear her. Then you have the other side like, hey, the black woman is the most disrespected person in America, let alone the world. Why is it that people are switching sides so fast? Like, why can't she get any type of defense, blah, blah, blah. So I, I can see, like, this album is very controversial, yeah. This album's not being uh, supported by any DSPs, any any yeah. of the media outlets that cover music that I support this album. But it, it's just kind of like uh, it, it's 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 a topic right now, man. It's very controversial. Whether whether the music is good or not is definitely a focal point for a lot of people in this situation. It, it, it's a crazy the album. So I, I'll put it like this, right? So Tory Lanez puts out this whole thing um, Thursday in front of listeners that so just so they can fi- so they can get an idea where this conversation is going to go. Uh, Tory Lanez he puts out the same day that Breonna Taylor has this um, the the charge for the wanton engagement happens. You end up having Tory Lanez putting out a post later that day, I believe, talking about uh, 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. I, I, there's a lot that I have to say, but I'm I'm done being silent. Tune in 9 p.m. Pacific, right? So most people think it's a lie. We're trying to figure out if it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, da-da-da-da. 12 o'clock hits. Realize it's not 11, 12 o'clock hits. You go on this Instagram, you check it. It's nothing there. Keep refreshing it. There's no Instagram live. I go on Apple Music. At, well, I go on his Instagram page, and I see he had put out an album. Check the, I'll, I'll go to Apple Music. Not on Apple Music, not on Spotify. So I go to Twitter. I'm going through the Twitter streets. I'm looking through everything. And I'm like, where is Tory Lane's album? I'm serious. I'm like, yo, where is Tory Lane's album? Like, he dropped this. I know he dropped this. This is a huge thing. I know they're not about to blackball this guy. I go on Twitter. I find the SoundCloud link. 17 songs, an hour and 20 minutes. I listen to this joint. As soon as I press play, it starts off with, just all the all the all the negative stuff you hear in the tabloids, and I'm like, yeah, the ones, the the breakfast clubs, all the outlets. Yes, even he even had Meg Thee Stallion's Instagram live in that. So intro. he had Bon B in there. Yeah, and but it sets the press, it sets the tone for what he talks about in this album, bro. And granted, I don't want to, and this is a very touchy sub- subject at the end of the day because of the actions that came about. But long story short, this album is a reflection of the events that happened that night and his chance to speak from his perspective on that night and everything in between. So Man, like here here's my thing, right? So you think he was smashing her? I mean, according to Tori, you know, they he was in love with her. Like let's, you know, get past the whole just fucking part. Like they apparently had like a thing. He could He's just like, look, man, like, I know the situation was bad, but how do you know it was me if you weren't looking my way? And, like, he was just like, he was like, look, like, he he goes into his detail about, like, all the situations, whatever. And, like, 
makes it more of a he said, she said for certain people and whatever. And right. it, it's just kind of crazy, though, because at the end of the day, it it appears that Meg Stallion got shot. Yeah, and it's it, re, regardless, it's a crazy situation to just kind of rap about on your on your album. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. a smart marketing for him. But, you know, but, ugh, it's it's kind of crazy that he did it like that. Yeah. So like so this is my thing. Right. Because I think it's a song. Well, there's a couple of songs on here that stand out. Right. But outside of like the songs, I just kind of go over. You know, like the dance the, hall one. I don't even remember which one that was. It, it was towards like, the I, end of the album. I don't know. I think it was probably in the air or something like that. But I mean, he had like it, the even that one. I, I remember the song. I just don't remember the title. But it was a good song. Like to be honest with you, the music itself, in terms of music and comparing Tory Lanez music to Tory Lanez music, mm-hmm. this may be the best music that we've gotten from Tory Lanez. I will say that because it's very introspective. You'll be and, more familiar with that than me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm like I'm a big Tory Lanez fan. Like it's. I think this is some of his best music. Just because even he tries to talk about like social issues and stuff, but I think this was a horrible decision by Tori. This is a horrible decision to put out this album because this is kind of career ending. It could be. It it could be. It could be career ending just off the off the the aspect of we live in a world of public opinion, right? And him dropping most everybody was tuning in to see Tory Lanez go live. And when they realized it was an album coming out in the wake of this whole situation with Breonna Taylor, which many people, and granted, it's it's social media. So I take it with that grain of salt, it's social media itself. But on the wake of this Breonna Taylor verdict, you see people are saying like, this is extremely bad timing for Tory Lanez. Extremely bad timing. And then people start saying he's profiting off of the trauma of Magda Stein. But see, this is, and this is where, like, I think we all, I think the general consensus by most people is this out, like, this Tory album is something that it's him telling his own side of the story. And, the, but the problem is him telling his side of the story is no one believes you. Here's my thing, right? When you're telling your story about what happened to the chick, you don't got to be like, I got some nice bitches ready to have an orgy on the other song. You know what I mean? Yeah, son, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you're telling your story and you're sorry, but fuck them all. You know what I mean? Like, just like... Life's an everyday struggle. Fuck them all. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? It sounds like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if he truly wants everybody to believe that he didn't do anything, and I don't know if he did or did not, but, like, if he truly wants people to believe that, I guess you would also believe that he would be angry at people saying that he did. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, you would think. But I think I think this was, like, an album where he just was fed up with everything, where he he felt the need to lend his opinion to everything that was out there. Right. Because you, see, you hear a song like um, Sorry But I Had To, where he disses everybody. Yeah. It's it's one of these situations where I talking to one of my homegirls, I asked her like, "Yo, like, what is your opinion?" Oh, I asked a couple female friends of mine, "What's their opinion?" Being black women, especially, and understanding the whole severity of this whole situation, the consensus is it was a horrible decision and bad timing. Yeah, but absolutely. Then then it's also this whole thing of profiting off trauma of someone else. But then it's also this thing of even and it wasn't until someone said something that when I listened to the music more I recognize that this out al- like this album comes from a defensive standpoint. 
Yeah. So yeah. And like, cause at first I'm just listening to it. And it's like, I, I understand it from the standpoint of like, yo, I'm not going to sit here and just let someone talk, but it's like, yo, bro, you gotta, it, I think there's ways to have handled it, but. Here's the way I see it though, man. It like, honestly, like if he really feels like he's innocent, I'd be, I would just shut up till everything got dealt with. I'd be yeah. like, I don't have to say a word. Like it's all good because I know at the end of the day, like the verdict won't be anything but innocent because I know I didn't do it. You don't have yeah. to do something like this. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's why, like, when I when I hear people getting mad at him on the situation, I don't blame him because, like, regard, regardless if you consider the album to be good or bad, like, doesn't necessarily make a difference. Like, the way he presented himself in the serious matter was not good. Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it's it, it becomes this whole, con- like, the conversation he's trying to have is just, like, is this confusing thing because within the within the songs on this album, like you said, he's talking about like, yo, I just want my best friend back. She lied on me, but I'm willing to take the lie just because right. I, I got all this love for her. But then it's like, yo, like I can get a new chick with no problem. And then exactly. you're, you're referring to her as like, yo, like you, you was my bitch. Da, 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 da. Yeah, like yeah, like it was like, yeah, I, I can't believe it's like, yeah, I gotta stop trusting these hoes. And it's like, bro, like I. I get the understand. I get it from some to some standpoint of just like the the ego of, of being a male, right? Right. And the fragile ego it, it, you can have when like a woman plays you, right? As a guy, but in the same breath, like you're too grown for this, man. Like how old whoever, is he? Huh? How old is he? Tori Lanez is probably like probably, he's got to be like thirty. Oh, for real? He's got to be like thirty. Uh, I doubt it. Like I'll look it up, but like I think he's like thirty or something like that. But I don't know. To me, even nonetheless, it doesn't even matter how old he really right. is. It's just like, oh, he's twenty eight. Like, even at twenty eight, like you should just know, yo, I'm too old to be doing something like this. And like, I'm quite sure because now one of the things I'm I'm seeing is that people are saying because he was quiet for two months. When you're quiet for two months, now all of a sudden the conversation is now that you've decided to put out an album to talk about all of this. The question becomes, well, why couldn't you say, if, if you're innocent, why couldn't you say anything for the past two months? Especially after Meg comes out on Instagram Live. Now, one, I, I believe he's, I believe he wouldn't say anything because his team wasn't going to allow him to. Because in that Instagram caption, it seemed, it came across, and even in some of his music, it comes across that people are, people in his team are either backing away from him because they don't want anything to do with him anymore. Right. Because it sounded like he lost friends, some some people in the industry, so on and so forth. But it also sounds like he's just like, yo, I'm tired of hearing what's going on in the media, how the the portrayal that they're having of me. So it, it comes across very defensive and it's like, it comes across defensive and it's like, yo, I don't care what people are saying. I need to speak. But it's like, if, if you're going to take that route, you mess yourself up because now people want to know if you, if you're going to run around saying you're innocent now, why wouldn't you just say this after the allegations are happening? Because he's saying? trying to get some money off it. That's why. Yeah. You know but what see, I mean? Even, but see, I, I don't even think the money part is a thing, though, because when, like, and this is my and this is my only discrepancy with this whole thing, because I do agree that it shouldn't have happened. But my thing is, if you're putting out an album, well, when you're putting out a body of music, typically good artists and good music is typically reflective of the artist's life. And sometimes it's stuff that we see as fans in the media. And typically the artists will go back and talk about it in more in depth in the music. To me, I think from an artist standpoint, he 
I think putting out music was the best option for him. I don't agree with it. I think he should have stayed quiet until this whole thing was over. If he's interested, especially, it's nothing wrong with an artist putting out music that's reflective of the questions that you have. Because when you look at the, and this is by no means the severity is not the same at all. But when you look at Beyonce, that elevator, 444, that was the that was the that was the number of that building when Jay Z when it was Jay Z, Solange and uh, Beyonce all in that elevator. And you know what we got out of that? We got three great albums: Seat at the Table, Lemonade, and Four Four Four. Right? But they, all those albums were pretty much depictions of the events that the more of the events and details behind a lot of that stuff prior coming towards that moment. Right? Yeah. The things that the the things that could have built up from possibly Hove cheating on her. And that's what Lemonade was to Jay-Z realizing I was willing to risk my life and all of this and almost getting in a fight with, with my with my with my girl's sister and all of this shit. Like, and then even Solange is like this whole loving yourself and pretty much like you shouldn't be taking this type of stuff from a man, i.e., probably her talking about her sister. So it's like when you have artists and we praise artists for that, granted, this is a very sensitive subject. So I understand that but if someone is saying if someone's putting in their music i'm innocent i'm not gonna i can't sit here and say like now if he's getting on the on there just to make to brag about shooting her dude you're an idiot you're an imbecile and i could never support someone's music like that ever whatsoever right but if you're making if and if he's innocent if he's guilty i don't want to be bothered with his music at all but because i just it's something about it that's kind of See, weird but. but but look though here's here's what i have to say like at this point in time the it's pointing more in that direction for me personally i don't know what's going on but it's hard for me to to really look at it strongly either way and just like i see it as like it's a bad decision and he's telling his side i don't really i don't really think what he did was okay and that's all I can really say. You know what I mean? Regardless if he was innocent or not. And that's all I can really say because I can't feel too strongly about it either way because the story has some conflicts in there as to what actually happened. Right. Like, so just, I know you. there's not only so much you can really say, but when you look at this, look at this whole thing, right? Being that we all say we don't agree with him putting out the album, do you think there was a better alternative for him to get out his opinion? No, shut up. He sh- He shouldn't. Right. Like let let everything else speak for him. Like if he's uh, if he's truly innocent, just don't say anything. It's yeah, been too I, long for him to not say anything to say something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. It's it's a straddled fence for me. At the end of the day, because like I I straddle a fence there because it's it's part of me saying yes, like you shouldn't say anything. I because I agree you shouldn't say anything, but I also understand sometimes your silence when you're just getting like they were literally they i don't know if y'all saw it but when they had like um petitions people were creating petitions to get him uh kicked out of the country right. at some point because of this and like they were doing well on like getting that petition fully signed so i think when you're seeing that i, I can see from that standpoint of you're seeing all this play out in the media and you're trying to stay quiet and say yo i'm a respect i'm a I'm, the best thing i can do is not say anything it's like it becomes one of those situations where eventually you're going to have to say something. Something has to be addressed. And do you expect if he had decided not to put out, if had he decided not to talk about anything and he decided just to put out music, what happens then? Like, 
I think you guys, would, I think people would kill him more if he had just said, well, I'm gonna just put out music that is not related to the situation, but I'm gonna put something out for my fans that are still willing to listen to me. Like people would kill him because then it would be like, well, why are you putting out a, putting out an album and not and you don't even want to talk about what happened on in the music? You know what right. I'm saying? Like I feel like fans are very finicky to that to some extent with that. I hear you. I don't know. Like it's it's just one of those things where I, I think we're just gonna have to let it play out. I guess yeah. and just see what happens as far as like you know all this all like there's a lot to be said and not a not a lot of proof to work off of other than that we know that somebody got shot. Shouts out to Mega Stallion and yeah, you know all yeah. that good shit. Yeah, you could tell he kind of, uh, he kind of, because you know how he did small or whatever. It's, you could tell yeah. he kind of was like, he kind of gear, he revved up those, revved up that gear because I, I don't know if you saw that, but DJ Academics even dis, was started dissing Roy randomly. Right. He's like, you are a little nigga. Da 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 yeah. da da. He likes doing this. He likes trying to make people feel small, I guess, when they come at him. Yeah. And it's like, and even it was so funny because the wild part is him and Roy are like the same age. And like you saw, it was it was really crazy watching it because he's like, "Yo, I got more money than you. You not you like a little dude to me. I'm the big homie." Blah blah blah. So like he's he's taking on that persona. So uh, I'm, can I make a comment about the Tubby Man? Like sure. <laughs> the, the academics, he's part of like the new generation rapper crowd, right? He's your little TJs and rappers like that, right? Right. He's they like him they catered he's like the forefront of them but like real rappers or rappers in the past generations they can't stand him he's trying to make it where like being a keyboard warrior is cool right yeah because that's what he's talking shit behind a computer screen but he's like a talk to shit this shit with people in front of them to me it's just like man what a crazy time we live in man what a crazy time because i'm like I don't know how long this is going to last, but the day that somebody is meets him face to face that they're not necessarily a big fan of him and don't like some of the things he's saying, it might turn out pretty bad for him, man. Well, I mean, you heard uh, Quavo was, uh, you know, saying that he just wanted to show him some new music with the yeah. fist sign right behind it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yo, he was like, oh, yeah, he was like, yo, matter of fact, academics, meet up with me. I I, I just want to talk to you. I want to play some new music for you. Yeah. I promise, I promise it's just going to be beats. Like, like it, it's crazy, man. Like, I don't know. I think he, I think academics is in a space where we all know what's going on with academics. I think he has a drinking problem. Yeah. And even like, and I say that because even, We've all seen it where from him passing out on um on on his Twitch, it is, right? I think it's Twitch. He yeah. passing out on Twitch to to just barking on people on Twitter. Even like at one point, I, I honestly I blame Young Chop for all of this, to be honest with you. I'm serious because you like granted, we saw academics talk his his stuff time to time, but never like this. It wasn't until I saw till we saw those videos of Young Chop, which I don't know whatever happened to him. Yeah, what, he was shooting what, at people from his porch and everything. It was crazy. Yeah, and then this was this year. Yeah, like, yo, that like, did happen. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that was, was earlier this year. Yeah, that was in the beginning of quarantine. That yo, was like in April. Wow. He was, he was dissing. Um, that's when he was dissing Twenty One Savage and all of that. But people, a lot of people said like he had, he had some stuff going on in his life, unfortunately, because of the passing of his family and everything. Right. But a lot of people were saying even then with someone like him. Yo, you you got all of this um, 
you're doing all of this stuff where you're, you're saying this because we're in quarantine and nobody can go outside. And I think academics has taken heed to that and said, hasn't taken heed to that. And is just put, is mashing the gas on that. Because when you look at it, it's like, fam, your only thing you're, you're just, you're instigating stuff. Like Lau said, you're not saying this stuff to anybody. And when you see them, you saw what happened. You saw how white his face got when, um, Vince, Vic Mensa said to him, like, you know, when they were at uh, Everyday Struggle back in the day, and he was like, you know, if we wasn't on the set right now, because I really don't like you, I'll punch you in the face. Like, well, and, and I don't know if you guys remember when GC checked him, right? When, oh. when on Everyday Struggle, he mm-hmm. GC mm. was talking about like something street related, forgot the actual words, and academic was like, I can understand. He was like, No, you won't. No, you can't understand because you've never been a part of that and you're not about that. And academics stood quiet. Like, it, it, it is just kind of like, look, the thing about academics, why I think that a lot of people were starting to fuck with him at first when he was doing the YouTube shit and all that, because he was kind of like a, he came out like a reporter. He was just reporting on fucking hood news and shit. Yeah, just the random shit that nobody knew about. And it was kind right. of funny. Which a, funny, yeah. a lot of people didn't like that who were who were involved because yeah. it was their real yeah. lives, you know. Right. What I mean? <laughs> Yo, and, and, uh, well, now go, go 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 ahead and make your point loud. I was gonna, I was just gonna say like finish my point up like what twisted and turned him what became where people stopped liking him was like he started voicing his opinion. He started he started being it's like it's like the referee in a fight. When the referee is trying to become the motherfucking star, it's like, all right, hold up, ref. You're only here to referee. The, the, the <laughs> show's not a, the show's not about you, and that's that. And I feel like that's the feeling that he's giving right now. Like, yeah. like shut the fuck up, you know. Yeah. I mean, but I think I think is I think unfortunately, um, one thing we can't deny with academics is he. He, I'm not going to say he's the first person because you had people that reported like hood news before, but he is the person that at the end of the day, he is at the forefront of leading, of holding that staff and taking it the furthest because it got him from being a kid that was just in his college dorm to being a, a media personality. Yeah. But I think when he went to Everyday Struggle, it showed, there was a thing that people realized like, yo, this works. And I can like become somebody else. I can become a media figure doing this. And I think for academics, he probably realized that he has a lot of kids. He has a lot of kids out here that are like, like I was watching a YouTube series. Uh, I guess it's like on Chicago gangs or whatever, right? And it was called the Oblockians. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like you what know, are we all doing, the- man? <laughs> like what are, what are we doing here? Like for real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was like it was like oh yeah these are the like the Oblockians like and in the video he was talking he referred to the people from Oblock as Oblockians like All just right, another well, another Oblockian that unfortunately passed like All right. but like <laughs> I hear you I hear you <laughs> <laughs> but we know but we all know that comes from academics though like and I think for academics he's at a point where he like, at the end of the day he's at he's at the pinnacle of success right now for himself. Like, this is the highest amount of success he has. He's bought, like, a $2 million home, right? You go on YouTube, you're seeing people saying, oh, Blockians and shit like that. So these are, like, people that are, like, he he, cre- he pretty much paved the way for these people. And then on top of it, 
some of the rappers that he was watching at that time from the Dirks to the Little Reese's to the G Herbos to the Chief Keefs, these are like people that are iconic stars within the culture, at least. You know what I'm saying? At least for mm-hmm. what, what the academics did and you add them to it. Like, I I still I still be looking up what Lil J, I, there's an interview with Lil, a new little interview with Lil J, uh, the Wolverine. Like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, we we we're digging too deep too deep into yeah. this shit. Let's this let's, a let's keep fanboy. it. Let's keep <laughs> it moving. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Too. But but I, I, I let me just finish my my last point point by saying this is that when you look at all of that stuff, I think academics is on a high of success, and I think because he's doing excess, there's a lot of excessive drinking. Now, I don't know what that could be from. I mean, I, and I don't know, so I can never say, I can never guarantee, but it's, it's some, it, for, for many people seeing to say, yo, there's an outcry, he needs help, right? It's probably, there's possible, there's a possibility that maybe because of the person he is normally that we all know the type of person he seems to be, mm. more than likely, He's probably realized most people think once I get money, I'll be able to, once I got money, I'll be cool. And I think for him, he probably is coming to that reality that, yo, he's not a cool guy. No one looks at him with any respect. And I think he does a lot of drinking. And he, the, his first thing he, he does now is put your bank account against my bank account. Right. Because I think he finds value in himself now just because of money. And I think it, I, I think we're really seeing, unless I hope he goes to like rehab or something, because we see like the end, essentially is what it, you're saying. Man, it's that yeah. six, it's that six nine shit, man. And that's, yeah, that's the whole bank account shit. Like I'm gonna compare my bank account to yours. And when he was telling Freddie Gibbs, like, oh, I I I can't I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait to do this to one of you rappers. Like that's corny, bro. Yeah. That that that's ultra corny. Like, let's say he does have more money than Freddie Gibbs. Like, that doesn't prove anything. There's gonna be more people that's willing out there respecting Freddie Gibbs and in, in the industry than respecting you. Like that, like you're right now, man. He's kind of like he has his dark cloud over his head. And of course, all the trolls and the young kids that you know inside mommy's and daddy's house, they're gonna support him. But like the people that's like real genuine people. They they look at it like this is this is just this guy's a fucking joke. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. As a person, like yeah, he's successful doing what he's doing, and kudos to him for doing that. But like as a human being, he's a fucking joke. Well, I mean, like you, I, I'm not sure if you saw, but like to kind of move on from this, his former coworker uh, Joe Budden, you know, he announced this week that he's going to be starting the Joe Budden Network. Yeah, it's. Joe Budden TV has now been changed to Joe Budden Network on um, on his YouTube page, and he signed up. Uh, I think he he presented three new three new guests, and one was like Mandy, another was uh, Roxy, and I forget the other person. I wasn't familiar with the other woman, but I'm not gonna lie, I might listen to that podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna hold you. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mandy B. Because she's um, she's actually one of the co-hosts of Horrible Decisions. I saw which, that. It's interesting. Yeah, which is a podcast that is on Charlemagne's. Network. Exactly. Interesting. So, yeah. So I'm I'm very curious to see how that works because she's going to be doing her show that she's always done with Wheezy, but now she's going to be on a new show. And I think honestly, I think this new show is going to be 
I mean, who knows? We, we who knows? Because I think this dynamic is interesting. But I think, I, well, I'm gonna just save my opinion because I think I just see something special that's happening with Mandy overall. Because I follow, I've followed her for years now, so I think. Okay. I think seeing something like this and knowing like they've all been in the same circle, same shows, blah blah blah, and now you're seeing like, oh, Joe's adding this as a show. You can tell like for one, he picked the right demographic. He has three black women which are like beautiful black women that yes I, they're all beautiful <laughs> they all yes, like sir. like they're all beautiful they're smart as well they know how to get their points across but they also know how to have like they're also fun loving people cuz like yeah. just because I only and I only say that because I've heard majority I've heard Rocky and I've heard Mandy B uh, plenty of times I've heard Mandy B more of cuz I've listened to horrible decisions every so often but um yeah, I think what Joe is on pace to do is going to be something amazing. I can't, I really can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be like, great to see. Yeah, I mean, I think when you start talking about like ownership and everything like that, you start saying like, even I saw a comment that said that about like Charlemagne, where like those split, them fifty fits, fit, those fifty fifty splits ain't what they, what he, what he, he probably punching a room right now, looking at them fifty fifty splits. Versus well, what, seeing, what he's seeing Joe do, going through right now, so. Well, I mean, the way I see it is, like, it's it's going to be great to see what happens. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I said a few weeks ago I wouldn't be willing to pay 2 or $3 for a, a subscription. I might. We'll see, because I want to support, you know what I mean? Right. But uh, I also wanted to say, you know, to, before we jump into our next um, subject, that the Steelers are about to be 3 now. And we just beat um, the Texans. Boo! Boo! <laughs> Boo! Get out of here! You we know, just beat the Texans. South South Pittsburgh. <laughs> they, they Boo! Won't, they won't be yeah. there. Long. They won't be there long. Trust me. Hey, I'm just saying. You know, three and zero. Three and zero is not hey. looking so bad. You know. Hey, next thing you know, can your team say that? Can your team say that loud? Hey, listen. You are gonna be sick once they put y'all on quarantine. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, there, there's no, there's no more games. Steelers, Steelers had a decent season. It's done. Well, funny you say that. The first uh, football player that was in the active season um, got taken away from the Falcons today. If I'm not mistaken, it was a cornerback. Oh, Can't really? remember his name. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, we'll see how that goes because also, I guess, in further news with the coronavirus, uh, they said that it's mutating. So we are going to get sicker, faster. I ain't surprised. That's not surprising, man. I, I, I'll be honest with you, it's not surprising just because we are still going outside. <laughs> I'm not, I don't even have to say much. Y'all, no, typically, when, typically when y'all hear me talk, sometimes I'm very long-winded. winded. But I'm going to just keep it honest with you. It's because we're still going outside. The virus mutates. That's my TED talk. That's all. <laughs> that's yeah. my TED talk, man. Like, that's that's the truth. Like, all right, if we were to shut down everything, like, do it just how other countries did it, like, very systematic. You're going to lose a lot of money. It. Yeah, tons of money. Tons of money. And who knows to what extent that leads to. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it, some for it's crazy. I, don't I was know about to say, saying. like, uh, that kind of that kind of fits into what Kanye West is trying to do. You know what I mean? Trying to give his people back more money. Yeah, put them. He's trying to put his artists on that platinum plan. That's what that is. He's trying to quote unquote get fifty percent of the masters that he owns from each artist back to them. What do y'all think about this, Lyle? What do you think about this? I I th- I think it's like, I believe it when I see it type of shit. And what 
Kanye right now, he has said a whole lot of things in the past couple of weeks. And I don't I don't know how much of it is true and how much of it is, hey, you know, that I need the attention. And after the whole kind of like Spence debunked, like the whole mental illness thing, it's just like I, I really lost a lot of like hope or whatever for Kanye. More or less, it's kind of like, look, man, if he's not dropping music, I could care less to really talk about him because yeah. there's nothing positive coming from the dude at all right now. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a positive thing, but I think I think him giving the masters back is a positive thing. But I, I'm I'm with you in the sense of like just the the world one that he has, that he chooses to create just to get like just to get whatever he's trying to ask for, because it's a good cause if he's actually going for it though. It, it is. It's a great cause. I think it's something that's needed, and I'm not. I, I won't oppose something like that because you need. I think in order to to correct the system, sometimes it has to start with us, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, this isn't one of the this isn't one of those all type of type of uh, synopsis or anything like that. But I think when you look at someone like Diddy, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. When people are talking about like, okay, where Diddy's telling where you if you have someone, it'd be like seeing someone like Diddy telling people, oh, we need to be fighting to get masters, if he was going back and forth with Sony about like the rights to certain songs, right? You would say, well, okay, I get that, Puff, but you still got, you, well, now he let the locks go, but like, he, you still had, you had rapper, you had Mace on a contract for like 20 years, pretty much. Like, so it, it becomes one of those things where it starts with yourself. So I'm happy to see this. Hopefully that means something. I, I, I'm hoping more of like the, the, the handling of artists gets better at good music too, though. Did did they even say like um, this is something Kanye tweeted? This wasn't even like something that was actually real. No, no, no. We don't we don't know what he's actually doing. So I mean, shouts out to the situation, and we hope Man, that these artists do get their money. If it's a tweet, Kanye Kanye might delete. Kanye might just delete that shit and be like, it never happened. Yo. Shouts out to good music. They you know Tiana Taylor put out a, a great album this year. Yeah. Shouts shout out, out to them. Shouts out to Big Sean. Yeah, shout outs to uh shout outs to push shout outs to push a T. Shout outs shout out to push a T. Um fucking um I think Valet still signed to them also. Um and they got a they got another young boy out there that's like of this new era of music. I don't I, I haven't listened to him yet though. Push a T put him up put him up on his uh Instagram page though. But long story short though, I'm I'm curious to see what's going we we're all curious to see what's gonna happen with this whole Kanye thing. Um I think in overall, though, I think there's, I don't think there's much, I don't think we have much left, right? Right? No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shout, uh, shout outs to Deion Sanders for becoming the new head coach of Jackson State University. So hopefully, I'm curious to see what's going to come from that just because of hope, hopefully he's able to build these kids from HBCUs and yeah. help help them go pro. So yeah, shout out to him. See, it's good. It's a good thing for sure. Exactly. Definitely is. Definitely is. So, um, Lyle, oh, you got I, my back because Lyle looks like he's about to say something. Oh, now nah, go ahead, Lyle. Um, everybody, just make sure if you have a chance, tune in to Asher Bronson's latest album, Only for Dolphins. The production is A1. It's a good, solid album to ride around to, vibe to. It's, a, it's good music. Everybody, definitely do that. Everybody tune in to the football games. It seems like there's been some close games today, so 
you know, tune into that. Everybody be safe, of course, as always. You know that a lot more people are going out partying and girls shaking their ass. Be safe and put a mask on. You know what I mean? And uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I feel you on that. Um, I definitely will say, because um, I, I finally had a chance to play in the Action Bronson album. Uh, great album. Hopefully, maybe maybe next week, because we're running close on time. Uh, hopefully, next week we can get a, a little bit more into like his album, or maybe we can review it or some shit like that. Who knows? But um, hopefully, we can get into his album or something like that, maybe next week. Or whatever, but it, it show it's it's a good album. I definitely suggest everybody check that out. Uh, check the problem album out too. Um, Coffee and Coffee and Kush too. That shit is hard too. That joint is hard. So, oh, one one last thing, and maybe Nigel can attest to this. For everybody still stressing about PlayStation Five pre-orders, it's a okay if you can't get one. It's okay. People are ready to you sacrifice know. family members over Pe- that shit, man. People, I've, I've, I'm all, t- I'm on Twitter. I'm seeing people camping out 11 p.m. at night, what? 4:30 in the morning. I'm like, look, relax. To pre-order? Look, yeah, to, I, just to I, pre-order. I showed up right? at GameStop. The GameStop was supposed to have in-person pre-orders ready. I went there. I was like, all right, cool. 11 o'clock, because people are gonna be out here because it opened at 12. I get up there to the front of the line. They say, yo, they only got eight in this bitch, and all they eight, all eight people are here, and we've been here since, like, 7 o'clock last night. And I was so, like, So what are well, you damn. doing here? Is, I didn't, you still- yeah, they were like, just get out, because you, you, you're not going to be able to get this shit. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, Thomas. So someone in line said this to you? Yes. So hold on. If, why the, so why are they sitting there if all eight people are there? They were in the front of the line. That's why oh. they said that. Okay, okay. <laughs> they were number one of eight. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you, got you. I was about I, to say like that—that's ridiculous. That people doing that like they camping out for Jordans or something, man. Man, well, and I think that's ridiculous too. You know, who? Why are you camping out for Jordans or you know PlayStation all that? I mean, I was able to get myself a PlayStation, but from the comfort of my own home. Yeah. Not, I'm not going outside, sleeping in my car, or setting up a tent just for me to go in the store and spend $500 for a game console that I'm not going to get for another month or two. Man. Like, that, hey, yo, quick, that's ridiculous. Yeah, what's quick, up? What's up? Oh, I was going to say, it's a quick question. How y'all feel about the, um, about Amazon creating a game, having their own game system, where it's like you pay $6 a month. I, it's like I think it's a streaming service. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Stream, it's a game and streaming service. I think it's I, interesting. No, uh, I, I'm not opposed to it, right? Because like... Xbox is they they're doing that with their what they call Game Pass, right? So it's a streaming subscription, like you know, it's like a Netflix for games. And yeah. I now Amazon doing it, it's it. I think it's, it's interesting. I think it's healthy for the market because competition produces great things. But you know, like it's just kind of like you know they've never been in video games before, so let's see how they are i guess ain't nothing to knock about it in my opinion here's the way i see it right you got more options eventually people got to start paying less that's the way it is you know what i mean so if it's another person there as long as they're not like spreading out the game so like if if exclusives are spread out so far to where you can only play one on like every every other console like there's like seven then you don't really want that type of situation but like what you do want are lower prices for streaming games, which honestly, if you have an online pass, then maybe you don't want to even want to pay for that game pass anywhere. So I understand that. 
Yeah, because I mean, I, and like, y'all know, I'm not big in a gamer or nothing like that, but just from the, my understanding of it, it's like, I'm not even going to hold you when I saw it. And I'm not big into doing subscriptions. I was like, I would pay for that because I, for me, I'm like, okay, $50. You pay $50 for a controller and I just pay $6 a month to play a game anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I could pull up to loud, I could pull up to one of y'all crib. As long as I got my controller, I could be like, yo, I'm gonna just log into my account and it's just because everything's on the cloud. So yeah. I mean, I think for I think for people that are super, super casual, like I think this, I think this may be a, a thing for super casuals, but I, I do know um yeah, I did see some like Call of Duty on that bitch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I think if they're able to if they're able to either get exclusives or something that's worthwhile that's like a oh a, a good exclusive of course like i think people would probably say hey i'm going i i could pay six dollars for this and more than likely it might not work right now but by the time that hopefully in their case they may be doing something where they can do re-release they can do new new updates hopefully year by year so they'll probably bring in more money over time over time in comparison to like playstation stuff so right that stuff yeah. you'll you'll have one this ps this new playstation probably won't get a new one for probably maybe like 10 years after this yep yeah, yeah man and and i i agree with your your point spence right because i think it's good for casuals and for people who don't really play a lot of video games i don't like to say casual because it sounds like prejudice or whatever right but for people who don't play a lot of video games i think it's you know good for them because they're like look i like playing but i'm just not really into it so right. for them it's kind of like it's like perfect for them while PlayStation, on the other hand, like for me and Nigel, we want to say we're going to spend the money, but when you really sit back and look at it for the average consumer, it's going to get expensive, right? Because now they're talking about bumping games up to $70 and, and, and for, for people that's already buying these video games, they're going to be like, damn, I might not buy as much video games. Now I might just buy a, you know, a vi- one video game every three months now, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because set, you know, you buy two or three seventy dollar video games in a month. It's like, damn, I could have put this money towards Away. elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and on top, and then on top of it, think about the person that's like, they buy the they buy the console just so they can play like three or four games. Yeah, like, <laughs> like because you know you have like the people that are like, yo, I I buy the PlayStation so I can play Call of Duty. 2k madden and maybe like one or two other games right yeah or maybe just keep it in that rotation well if you spend a 700 <laughs> on the console <laughs> for just to play what would that be like a hundred well 210 dollars if just for three games we'll say at least yeah right it's like yo fam you just spent like almost a thousand you're close you're damn near close to a thousand dollars if you add five games to it and then buy another controller you're well over a thousand dollars yeah. It's like, or you could just pay six dollars a month, pay fifty dollars for this controller, and get <laughs> if you can get the same. If I could get two K on Amazon, you think I'm going to pay for the PlayStation when I could just play six dollars a month, and I just got a fifty dollar controller, and I'm good to go, and we and I'm playing just like you playing. Well, it could be good for the game developers too, because like if they, let's say, if you just have that regular access to a game like a Call of Duty or something like that, then exclusives are going to get really big because like people are going to really need a reason to go to these consoles. And they'd be like, hey, man, like, if you want, we could just put this shit out everywhere and everybody can play it and, like, just get our own money off of it. Now, they won't have the backing, but, I mean, like, that's probably why, like, exclusives will never die. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think when you have something like, um, 
like you you know how we see like Fortnite, right? How right. Fortnite exploded into what it is to now. Like if you have like like you said, like if you got developers that are like, let's say you like I had like we all had teach like I had a teacher at least that he was working on developing a video game when I was in high school. And he was like, Yeah, you gotta figure out where to put it out at and if I wanna put it to people versus oh Amazon might end up setting a section up that's just like indie games that you might have your Fortnite, your next Fortnite in that indie section. And yeah. Amazon's probably going to be like, oh, well, this is where it's the biggest platform and you don't have to worry about money or anything. So we just going to sign you to a contract or something. So, yeah. so, so on and so on. Well, I mean, you got anything else to say, Spence? Um, nah, not really. Uh, drink your water. Um, my prayers and condolences go to the family of Breonna Taylor, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not going to try to remember everybody's name because unfortunately it's a long list of people. Uh, my prayers and condolences. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, prayers goes to them, even the people that are out there protesting, um, even, and even to the people that, even the people that are actually there to protect protesters as well right but doing it safely like like I, my thing is is i'm all for anybody that's willing to sit down at the table to have a conversation so my prayers goes out to in the protection for all those all those parties on both sides so i mean outside of that drink your water prayers to all those families the people that are out there supporting mashing them streets mashing the grass trying to make a change in this world um and yeah that's really it i mean you know what I'm saying have a good week. I mean, Friday before you know it, we're gonna be back here. We're gonna be out Saturday. I hope you enjoy your weekend. All right, y'all. Y'all been highly advised. I don't have much to say. Enjoy your weekend. Boop, um, boop, 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 stay boop. true. Do all that good shit. Boom, you've bop, been highly advised. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs>